the challenge that we have in our community around crowdfunding, especially when it comes to equity crowdfunding too, is education. But what you don't realize, like, so like we need to educate our community more about like, this is what it is. It should be to the point of like lottery, it should be crowdfunding, right? Like how, mm. how popular lottery is and how you know how to play it, how you know what your odds are, how you know what the deal is. Crowdfunding should be that, that popular in our communities. But it can't be because like there's not enough resources for us to educate our community about it. And then when you become a FINRA or SEC regulated platform, they do tie your hands they about you how up. much education you can do. Yeah. They're, because their thought is that they don't want you to be um, persuading folks in a way that you like you know like it's like insider trading in a way right so right. like if they if you're over educating folks to a point of where they might see it as for like well you're clearly skewing towards making sure kim does really well your education is showing this so i think like if you are gonna go into it just understand like that's a big hurdle um i think if you are gonna go into it go into on the other side where like how do we like help the sec and finra like do better mm-hmm. right and figure out how this is like do you or do you build the knowledge part Right. A bit where you're not necessarily maybe you aggregate everyone who's raising and aggregate all this education. So it's easy for people to know that. Um, And also the other context is the SEC and FINRA make money off of um, going after you. Uh, (laughs) So just know their revenue model is to find violations. That's interesting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like, just know that they're they're That's what they make money off of. It's like parking tickets. So just know, so like, so you need, like, if you're going to go in, so give you context on that, you really also need like strong legal representation to like, for when something comes up that you got to like go back and forth with them about. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the More Rounds podcast. I'm Kim Lewis, CEO and co-founder of Chromix, and today we're going to talk about how to fund your business, whether that be debt, cash flow, or investment, or crowdfunding. And today, you guys, I have one of my real friends here with me, Renee from Fund Black Founders. She's helping fund Black-owned businesses, and I love her for it. She's doing incredible work. But before we get started, I want to make sure we do a cheers. All right, let me grab this cup. As I've, like, already, already, I've already... <laughs> we need a refill. Can already, I get a refill? Cheers. Cheers. You're supposed to look at people in the eyes when you do cheers. No, I, why is it bad luck? Yeah, like Wait. ten years of bad luck. Insane. Girl, not you. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to do that. You're to do that. Not you. Okay, you got you. Got, okay, Granny, with the superstitions. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'll make sure I look in the eyes, not cheers. Do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna be the cause of you. Of your ten years of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut this whole segment. Why? That's <laughs> great. Okay. She said it's going to be 10 years of bad sex for not looking in the eyes when you toast. That's okay. what they, you've never seen it? No, girl. It's, it's, it's giving Jamaican. <laughs> like, I've never heard that before in my whole life. So, Renee is also Jamaican, guys. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love mm-hmm. her for it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Renee, <laughs> tell me about yourself. <laughs> okay, tell me how, to, I know you run Fun Black Founders. And actually, okay, so this is a funny story. I met Renee through Clubhouse. Now, y'all know, back in the pandemic, everybody was, like, crazy about Clubhouse. It became a mm-hmm. billionaire startup. Now, people don't even log mm-hmm. into it anymore. But when I was on the platform, I was learning about crowdfunding, and I remember evaluating the platforms, and I was in one of the rooms asking all the questions, like, I don't know, da 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 
And Renee was like, that's a black girl. This is Kim. She needs some help. I seen her before. I'm going to help her. So she hit me up. And she's like, here's this massive spreadsheet I have to compare. We fund her to Start Engine to Republic. This is how many users they have. This is how much money they raise on these platforms. This is, da, 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 da. This is you know, your date information about each one of these platforms. And I remember thinking like, bro, this is like incredible data. And she just gave this to me for free. People, when they help you online these days, they be like, Give me $100. Give me $200 for your time, which I'm totally fine with, right? I have mm-hmm. definitely paid $250 for consultations, $500, $300, whatever. Renee just sent this Excel file to me. And I have been, we have been friends ever since because mm-hmm. I was just like, only a friend would do things like that. And I want friends like that. And so then, of course, it's been an exchange of information. But thank you for coming on the pod, Renee. I'm so grateful that I met you. Can I tell my side of that? Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Okay, so Clubhouse, yes. And then you, we were doing these rooms, I think, on crowdfunding. It was, like, me, Maxime, who's now running for, like, office, by the way. Yes. Um, she called me to invest. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let me to, to, to do that. And, um, and then you came into the room, and, like, we would see people in the room, but we were trying to, like, educate people about, like, crowdfunding so that you don't mess up on it or whatever it is. And the first time I've actually seen you, I remember is, like, in the shower putting curl mix on your hair (laughs) like literally like she's over here like that's what I remember you from and like I've been following curl mix since them days of you doing those shower hair productions and I'm like and the fact to see you in the room and I'm like oh my god like you're major and you should be crowdfunding because like when I see how people react to curl mix and I've seen it multiple times, like now that we've gotten to know each other and stuff like that, like we'd be at conferences together or we'll be out in the streets. And like, it's so amazing to see when people like run up to you, like it's curl mix Kim. And that's, I call her curl mix Kim um, because literally people run up to her and say that. And I think that's the most amazing thing. And you literally like you coming into the room to me was like, you need to do this like that was and I was like no you need all the resources and you need to do this because you are the epitome of like if somebody's to crowdfund you need to crowdfund like right away because you you have such a strong crowd it's ridiculous so that's why really this is your this is your time to shine not you doting on me on my podcast but thank you I love you so much you were one of the people who made me you and Max so Max is the first I think a woman to raise Mm -hmm. one million dollars in equity crowdfunding for her um, startup, which she actually sold to Mintel. So, like, the gaming company for kids and stuff like that, or the gaming company. Mm-hmm. And you and Max were, like, kind of like the wind beneath my wings. Like, you know, the, this other black woman, she did a successful crowdfund. Like, you can totally do it. Because up until then, I wasn't sure. And honestly, everyone around me gave me trepidation, or they basically was like, mm, I don't think you should crowdfund. Like, it was, like, advisors, investors, because it just had a negative connotation. And... And it really was just the unknown, right? People mm-hmm. will be afraid and they'll tell you not to do certain things. And so when I came across you and, and you and Max kind of like, you know, encouraged me, I was like, okay, so this is real. So Renee, tell me how you actually started Fun Black Founders. Like, and you have, I remember when I was asking you questions about your career, this is not your first startup. No, no so you did several startups before this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give me a quick highlight of what those were. Mm-hmm. And then your background, like what you studied in college and then how you landed on Fun Black Founders. In college, I studied business administration um, just because my roommate was doing something like that. And I was like, okay, I'll do it too. And that was that. So I didn't like choose like, oh, I'm going to do that. Um, Out of college, I worked at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. In college and out of college, I worked. I was literally the woman who was selling Viagra. Lipitor and Zithromax to wow. doctors, yes, in the Bronx and in Brooklyn. Um, so I did sales, like that was my thing, and I did that really, really well. I got a lot of money. It was a great time. I didn't know that about it's you. A great time. It was a great time. Were you like the movie? Um, with what's his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that him? So 
any of those movies that depict it in the way of like back in the day, pharmaceutical sales was really, really great. Um, it was messed up for the customer, but it was really, really great. Like you could do anything you wanted for like doctors and like it was messed up though, because then like you of course would like treat them really, really well. And then they would write your product. And if you had a bad product, then that's messed up. But yeah, so those movies that you see are kind of like very spot on. So my days were like beautiful. Everything was paid for. You had a car, you just rolling around. And it's not like I was going in to see physicians and I would just be like, it's not like I was pushing product because my products were really good. So that was a good thing. But it was really relationships. And that's how I learned how to build relationships. It was all like I would go in and I would know like the receptionist is all of her issues and everything that was going on with her kids, her dog, all this stuff. And then the doctor, I would know his wife and all the stuff that was going on with him. So it literally was just like, I would come and be like, so how are you, Dr. Kim? How's it going? Da da da. How are you doing? Are you coming to dinner tonight? Like, we're going to have you talk. Da, da, da. And that was it. It was like five minutes. I would be in and out for like maybe 10 doctors for the day, write it up. And that was my day. And then I'll be getting my nails done. It was how a great much day. were you making in pharmaceutical sales? It was, I was in the six figure range of a base. Okay. And then you had a bonus and just also understand that everything was covered. So mm. I wasn't like, so expenses that you were doing for car, gas, food. Wow. That was all covered. It was really nice. How Travel, long did you do this for? I didn't know this about you. I did that for, I think like five years. Okay. I did it. I started out as an intern during college um, for like two summers and then like matriculated into like being full time okay. with them. Um, I didn't like where it was going as for like where you would progress up with it and decided to go to a startup before startups were a startup. Um, this like media, Caribbean media entertainment um, company um, located in the Bronx, literally. And that's where I met my best friend who like threw me into, he was the owner of the company, by the way, threw me into like, all right, I met you. You want to intern? I'm going to throw you in. You doing everything. Like I want to start a magazine go do it. So we started Jamrock Magazine. I want you to go run these clubs. Go do it. You were running clubs in like the city and having events and in Jamaica. Like it was literally just like trial by fire. Okay. Um, but that gave me the realization like, okay, I think I could do this on my own. So then I launched my own startup, which was also a combination of like my mom was sick she had ALS, um, which is that whole ice bucket challenge for people who don't know where you like did that whole thing that went through. She had ALS. And I was like just trying to figure out, like, why isn't there tech to help me care for her? Because I have to be caregiving for her. And I started this company called Tech Your Elders to help caregivers find the technology that they need. I was trying to do AI back when whatever it was, like before, way before. And that wasn't a thing. And how did that go? Yeah. Definition of early early definition of early in so many ways very early started with the media company and then we've got tech on in the elderly like yes this is like a decade early very very early before we were like it's like so many things i could tell so did tech your elders and in trying to do tech your elders i realized like i was having to win like pitch competitions to fund it because I didn't have, like, I couldn't sit there and be like, hey, ma, dad, can you give me some money to go get this started? It was like, oh, let me go pitch. What year was this? I don't know, years. Uh, probably, like, six years ago, seven years ago. Okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. I know what she's trying to do. She's trying to do some math here, but we'll ah. talk about it later. We'll talk, about it later. Later. We'll talk about it later. Like, put it in the comments. Let me know how old you think Renee is. Okay. Renee will not tell me how old she is. Anyways, so. She's been my friend for a couple years now. She would not tell me how old she is. I don't tell anybody. Crazy. I don't tell anybody. But um, I told her she, I'm just start calling her 50 now. 
Renee's and I'm okay with being 50. So um, so then did tech your elders was realizing I had to win these pitch competitions to get money to start it. And then I would go to these pitch competitions and realize it was like other people who don't look like me, who they weren't winning the money to like do anything. It was just like notoriety for them. They were just doing it for like, oh, I want a partnership with AARP. That's why I'm doing this. It wasn't like, and they were way further along than me. Right. And I was just like, why am I up here winning this competition for this money to try to like get to even somewhere? Um, that was going along. And then the big thing that like, I guess, fast forward, a bunch of other stuff happened. The big thing that landed Fun Black Founders for me, why like I stopped Tech Your Elders on purpose was being at a black women conference um, and an angel investor on the stage saying, like, if you don't know how to raise or if you don't raise a friends and family around what does that say about you that's what she said oh. to the room of black entrepreneurs literally she was like what does that say about you like and i think in context was, this, was this a black woman mm-hmm. where she come from because my family can't pay their bills like to my son thank you how can i right? do raise a, a thank friend you. what they gonna give but me but she probably also was kind of like i want to give her grace and thinking like maybe she was also thinking like she knows in the industry people do you know there's a bunch of vcs who are of that like mentality of like yeah this idea is cute and all so why can't you get some money from you know your family like put your money in. they want to see like your what do they call it your money in and your first friends and first yeah, money yeah. in mm-hmm. to like show like oh you're really serious about it so maybe that was the context but that doesn't work for us right because right. a lot of the founders black founders when i meet them we're all like the first <laughs> we're the first <laughs> we're the first in our family we're the first to like get this far with education we're the first to like launch the business we're the first to do all these different things so no we're actually people are asking us for money like, I don't know about you, but, yes, <laughs> but, like, but like family is asking us for like, can you help or can you do? So it's not realistic. So that's when I paused Tech Elders and was like, all right, we're going to try to do like fun black founders. We're going to figure this out. Um, we didn't want to do a traditional fund because I don't think, in my opinion, um, I don't think venture is the best fit for all of majority of our businesses. And we are trying to do something that's a better fit for majority of our business, especially for folks who are just getting started. And then the other thing is like crowdfunding to me was like, we've been crowdfunding before crowdfunding was a word, right? Exactly. Like we did this, like this is how we've gotten any progress. So I was like, well, why aren't we owning this space? Right? Like why just because somebody came and put tech on it, why aren't we owning it? So we decided to do a crowdfunding platform rewards based. Um, we wanted to do the match from day one. What does one. it mean to be rewards-based? Okay. So there's different types of crowdfunding. There's like GoFundMe, there's Kickstarter, there's Fun Black Founders, there is Republic, there is Start Engine, um, there's Honeycomb. There's a bunch of different ones. And there's all different types of like rewards-based versus equity crowdfunding versus debt crowdfunding versus... Um, donation crowdfunding. GoFundMe is like when you're in some desperate need... That's donation crowdfunding. Like something happened, my house burnt down, I need you to help me, right? Um, Rewards-based crowdfunding like Indiegogo, Fund Black Founders is more so, okay, anyone who contributes to your campaign, they're getting some type of reward back, but not equity or debt. So the reward might be like an early access to Mix product, right? You're getting like her um, Get Started 21-day kit or something like that mm-hmm. because you gave $25 to her campaign. You contributed $25. Then when you get into the equity space, like the Start Engines and the Republic's C, 
seat at the table, sorry, is what I really should be saying. When you get into that space, it's more so you give money to that person's crowdfunding campaign and exchange you're getting some type of ownership in the business or maybe it is like a loan or something you're doing you're getting something in exchange outside of a product yeah if that makes sense Mm -hmm. to break it down so when you went out to do fun black founders and you know i agree with you venture is not something that most of our businesses is a fit for because they expect a 10x return which is in my opinion, like kind of insane, but whatever, you know, that is the expectation around venture because, you know, if I invest in 10 companies, only one's going to be a, a billionaire, a billion dollar mm-hmm. company, the rest might fail. And so that means they each have to have the ability to 10 X, even if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some other models I've seen, if you invest in consumer, well, most consumer companies probably won't fail. They might land me a three X though. Maybe none of them are going to do a 10 X and maybe most of them will do a three X. And mm-hmm. so that way you still get the same amount of money back. When it comes to fun black founders, did you think about raising money for Fund Black Founders and have you? And have you approached funding if you know that funding is an issue for black founders? Mm-hmm. What's up, you guys? For many of you who don't know, I'm Kim, CEO and co-founder of Curl Mix, where we help you master your curls in 21 days. Curl Mix is what makes this podcast possible, and it helps you get the best wash and go ever. So if you like my hair when you're watching the show, that is what got it here. We are now available in Ulta, you guys. Yes, it is our first retailer ever and it's doing amazing and I would love your support if you would go out to Ulta and try Curl Mix. All right, you guys, now back to the episode. So we've been two ways we've approached funding, right? Um, The first way is we've been bootstrapping it 100%. um, And that's just, it's not like we did that from the start. Like we were like, oh, we're just going to go out and bootstrap. I will say we face the same challenge as what black entrepreneurs face, where people kind of say things like, oh, it's too small of a niche or it's Mm, too small mm -hmm. of a market. Or, um, you know, they're trying to see like, is this really going to perform? And to be honest, like, crowdfunding platforms also in general who even are not as niched as we are to be full transparency they're not returning to the point of what people were expecting them to return Mm. so I know that like and I got this advice from like one this was after knocking on a bunch of doors of trying to get you know do like the whole let me go get venture capital where like an advisor this white woman had to pull me aside and just be like I just want you to know there's an elephant in the room around crowdfunding that you need Mm. to understand as for like how much have these platforms returned overall right so that's one thing we've bootstrapped um we've won a bunch of grants right we've also done the other thing that we've done is like get pilots on so like things that we wanted to do like where we match what people raise we have gotten like pilots of or match partners to help us get the money or the capital that we need or the resources we need to like grow the product because we're still very early right we're still a baby in this space so that's kind of how we've approached it um we are going to crowdfund okay that's coming um we would have done it sooner Um, but I will say I've been conflicted around pushing people to our campaign versus pushing people to all of the founders campaigns on our platform. And Mm -hmm. that's been a a bit of a challenge for us as for like continue to function and provide that service. And so, you know, like you have to be able to, yeah, that's where I have a question for you. How much money have you guys funneled to black owned businesses? 
we've done right now over 4.4 million we funneled to early stage wow. entrepreneurs that they don't have to pay back any money it is bio it said 1.4 million oh sorry that's wrong girl over 4 million <laughs> yes. gotten, how many black owned businesses to have you gotten 155 founders have gotten that money that's amazing so what has that allowed some of them to go on and do after so we've seen founders like, you know, Khadija. Khadija went on to like selling the Nihilist to Diddy, Salesforce, and yes. that. You know that. And Khadija was on the podcast, y'all. Check out mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. We've seen founders like Embody Yoga, Joanna, who's in Milwaukee, who during COVID, she was going to close her business like because COVID restrictions, everything was like impacting her revenue. And to go from that versus what we worked with her to raise money and also we matched what she raised to now she reopened in a whole new space um, and now has like a Pilates studio on top of that. And it's like a celeb in Milwaukee of like doing like all different things. We've seen founders who have gone on to get like, we've seen founders on our platform who they're raising and then like celebs come in and like just swipe their card, giving them 60 K like they find out about it. Right. There's a certain visibility. We've seen founders like eat okra, get like, get this traction from like their campaign gives them this visibility and then like corporations are reaching out like we want a partner right like so Mm. we've seen different things we have like a current cohort who's launching where we're seeing them walking into their campaigns that have not launched yet but they followed our formula and they're walking into like people emailing them because of our formula saying I have a 10k check for you let me know when it when we're going live wow or like I have a 15k check for you or like we have the Newark just reached out about a founder who followed the process and was like what do we do we have 20k we want to do this so like it's possible like I just share this and these are early stage folks I don't think this is people who like have a ton of customers have everything figured out like no they're super super early and we're very focused on that super super early folks and are you guys matching their uh raise still mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. we wow. are so we had founders we've matched anywhere between 25 to 35k thanks to our partners we have phenomenal phenomenal match partners can you name any of your match partners yes okay uh, so we have drew holiday y'all may know him he's now a boston celtics um his wife lauren holiday who is also usa soccer olympian metro united way a lot of people know that name too um we've had chime bank has done some we've had different people but just to name a few of our biggest ones Metro United Way and Drew and Lauren. And technically they can write this off as like a donation in a way, mm-hmm. giving. Mm-hmm. But, and then, oh, this is dope. So it's like, you're not even giving up equity for like this 25, 50K no. or. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is like walk away, like do what you need to do. Get some traction so, so that. So am I too big to go on? Mm. No. Nah! <laughs> can I go on? No, okay, okay, okay. I'm not, Important. So here's the thing. Okay. So I will say, no, no, no. So yes, we are focused on super, super early stage. Have we had folks who have said that they want later stage, yes. Um, so I won't say right now. I'll say, yeah, we have a match funder. If we saw, secure a match funder who's like, I just want this in particular, then maybe my next time. business. I'll, I'll 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 be early stage in my next business, and I'll, uh, okay. I won't I won't you know because okay. then it will be like, oh, I want equity. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> true, 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 true. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what's next for you, Renee? What do you what do you want to turn from? What's your vision for from Black Founders? Let me know. I hope that wasn't too hard of a question. Oh my goodness, good goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, we're still gonna. My big vision of us fixing this funding gap 
going to black entrepreneurs and it's not just venture it's loan it's credit it's everything like fixing the funding gap i do believe that the solution is a blended financial product so i think it is so why we've been very set on like first you raise on our platform then we match what you raise like and that first match is like philanthropic dollars from these partners we're working on another match right so another match can be like we're thinking is it going to be a loan product that's really really friendly is it going to be a credit product that's really really friendly we're also trying to talk to like government to see because i do believe like it needs to be all of us coming together so it needs to be corporations it needs to be government it needs to be philanthropic dollars it needs to be regular people who love shopping from black own businesses all of us need to come together to solve the solution so that's what's next is like we're figuring that out as for what that looks like you're gonna become a bank i love that for you (laughs) i love that for you fintech (laughs) bank that's the the natural next step solution Mm -hmm. it's also how you get your your huge valuation so you know i was talking to davon reese from vester she mm-hmm. has a hotel funding platform for crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. So if you want to buy a hotel, you can crowdfund the hotel. Mm-hmm. And she had to get like, you know, certified with like FINRA and things like that. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do that for Fine Black Founders? Nope. No. Okay. Wonderful. So, so then that, that okay. So would you recommend launching a platform? Like if someone wants to do a fintech platform, but they do some kind of crap. I almost did it, right? I almost became a competitor WeFunder. And then I, I read the 300-page document to, to get certified with FINRA. And I was like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not. Um, well-versed enough to do this? I would say right now, I don't think it is, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm. Um, I would recommend, it depends, like, let me, I think overall, I would depend, like, maybe not right now. I think there's a lot of things that, the reason why we chose to, let me just give you context. The reason why we chose to stick with being rewards so that we did not have to get FINRA, SEC approved, right, yeah. and all those things, is the, it depends on the market that you're serving. And our market that we're serving, where it's founders who are super, super early stage, it didn't make sense for us to go into that space for them, because when you think about the cost, Right. To get your financials certified, you, you know, that you know, the process, Girl, my audit right? costs $40,000. Okay. So, and these are founders who are trying to raise 20 K up front, 20 K on the back okay. end. So there you go. And these are found and we're working with founders who are trying to raise 40 K just to get started. Right. Right. And you need a certain amount of traction. Like you had to be really great with equity crowdfunding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one. So we chose that for a reason. The other aspect, I'll, smart. the other aspect I'll say is, um, FINRA and the SEC, um, they're still trying to figure things out, right? Crowdfunding is still relatively new, right? Where they're trying to figure out like what, how do we change these laws or how do we change these things to tweak so that it's, it better serves folks. So like one big issue that I have with it, um, and we speak to them by the way, so they know this and I've voiced this. I was like, the challenge that we have in our community around crowdfunding, especially when it comes to equity crowdfunding too, is education. But what you don't realize, like, so like we need to educate our community more about like, this is what it is. It should be to the point of like lottery. It should be crowdfunding, right? Like how, Mm. how popular lottery is and how you know how to play it, how you know what your odds are, how you know what the deal is. Crowdfunding should be that that popular in our communities but it can't be because like there's not enough resources for us to educate our community about it and then when you become a FINRA or SEC regulated platform they do tie your hands about how much education you can do yeah there because their thought is that they don't want you to be um, persuading 
folks in a way that you like, you know, like it's like insider trading in a way. Right. So right. like if they if you're over educating folks to a point of where they might see it as for like, well, you're clearly skewing towards making sure Kim does really well. Your education is showing this. So I think like if you are going to go into it, just understand like that's a big hurdle. Um, I think if you are going to go into it, go into on the other side where like how do we like help the SEC and FINRA like do better? Right. Mm-hmm. And figure out how this is like, do you or do you build the knowledge part right of it where you're not necessarily maybe you aggregate everyone who's raising and aggregate all this education. So it's easy for people to know that. Um, and also the other context is the SEC and FINRA make money off of um, going after you. Uh, <laughs> so just know their revenue model is to find violations. That's interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, just that's know that. I didn't know they're, that. They're re- that's what they make money off of. It's like parking tickets. So just know, so like, so you need, like, if you're going to go in, so give you context on that, you really also need like strong legal representation to like, for when something comes up that you got to like go back and forth with them about. Ooh, okay. So I have another question for you. I'm a founder. I want to sign up for Fun Black Founders. I want to raise my 25K and get my match for another 25K. What is the difference between the founders who can't raise the 25K and the founders who do. Mm-hmm. Um, crowd. That's it. The difference is crowd. And crowd in the sense of don't think that it's just numbers. It is how engaged. You have a crowd of people who are potential customers or people who just champion you. And they are so engaged with you that you guys are having a regular dialogue. So one of the things why when you came into the room, into the clubhouse room, why I'm like, like, people should be fighting over your crowdfunding campaign. It's like Kim regularly, and we reference you, by the way, in our cohorts. I'm like, I'm always, I'm like, be like Kim. Because Kim, you literally have such an ongoing dialogue with your Chrome mixers. Like mm. it is, you have your Facebook group, you are doing these videos in the shower and like you are talking to them and you're replying to them. Like they, and you, they so, so warmly that they're running up to you. So like, that's the difference. It's the people who don't have that warm of an engaged crowd, they fail. Right. Mm. Because like people don't know what you're building. They don't know you because that's what really people believe in you and fall for you. Right. Because the the business is early. Right. So they don't have those things. They're not regularly talking. Let's be even more tactical. They don't have marketing going on. They don't have like MailChimp and they're not sending out regular emails. They don't have a social presence and they're not candidly sharing things. So that's the deal. Like that's the mm. difference of like the people who are successful and they, they have a crowd and then they tell the problem really well in a way that, um, that people don't even know that like you just got sold <laughs> on the mm. problem. Right. So I think about like, um, another person we reference is Isaac Hayes Jr. Yeah, Isaac yeah, Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you think about how he like before his campaign went live, if people didn't really watch what happened, he was literally on clubhouse talking about the problem like every room was about the problem Clubhouse a lot yes clubhouse and, was a, it was a it was a, a moment in time it was it was but he was in there like talking about the problem like in every single room to the point that like everybody was like yes this is a problem we need to own tech and then he was like boom here's my campaign he was like well it's a no-brainer right yeah, i want to <laughs> like, support you i know like, you yeah. i know you know what you're talking about yes because yes. you already sold them for like how many months on the problem yeah right? exactly. like and you regularly talk to them so i think that's the other part like you need a crowd and you need to regularly talk to folks about it and what i see in the founders that we coach who struggle with that is they struggle with that because they like 
black entrepreneurs are so self-sufficient. We will build the whole entire house and you wouldn't even know we built the house. Yeah. Right. And we don't have anybody ready for the house, but we will build it in this closet. We will be in the closet and build a whole house and then come out and be like, here's the house. And you'd be like, nobody want the house. So like, like, we, like we're, we're totally, cause we're, and we're, we're conditioned like that. We're conditioned growing up to be like, don't ask me for nothing. Right. Don't ask me like, exactly. you better not be coming over here. Don't ask me for nothing. Versus the other folks, which I like to tell people are asking for every single Thing. like if you need to move the pen they're like could you move this pen for me could you <laughs> like and you we know, don't do that there was a fun, i'm gonna have a quick little story i just did an event for ulta and they have 25 influencers that they flew out for a trip into new york and they are inviting a few new brands to come and do a panel in front of the influencers mm-hmm. i'm like this is a great opportunity some of these influencers have hundreds of thousands of followers. One of them had like a million followers. One of them had like 20,000 followers. Like it was a range. I'm like, we get to be in front of them. This is great. So I didn't even think to ask them to pay for it. Cause I was just like, they already given me this free press and this platform. Surely someone's going to share this. Da, da, da. And then I saw one of the messages bubble up in the chat. It's also covering this trip. Mm. And I was like, good, good, good question. I know. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess it does help. Ulta as well. If we go, we're the founders of these brands. It makes them feel special. Like the the influencers feel special. All the things. But I just didn't even think to ask. And girl, I I asked for everything. I'd be thinking I'd be asking for everything, but apparently not. Who put that in the chat? Uh, Was it like on like Instagram or something like that? No, it was another one of the other founders on the panel who was not a black girl. You know what I mean? And I was just like, it was just a lesson for me. It was like, go ahead to that girl who asked because they end up did covering it for everybody after that. And because I didn't ask, me may have not gotten it. You know, they covered our flight and hotel. And the other lesson is that woman asking, too, for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the other part, because we have to be like that. We have to also be very perfect, proactive and be our, like, our sisters and brothers keepers, too. All right, I have some uh, questions for you. I like to call this the lightning round. Okay. Okay, so let me oh, open Jesus. up my Are notes. they, like, just business questions, or are they, like... I mean, you can, it's, it's how you want to answer them. Okay. okay. What's a belief you once had that you no longer have about entrepreneurship? And don't say that you thought it was easy. The number one question I get is, Kim, will you coach me? Will you mentor me? Will you advise me on raising funding? And it's really hard to do one-on-one things, but I am going to launch a community to help you guys fund your business. And the way you get access to that community is by clicking the link in the show notes, KimLewisCEO.com, and join the mailing list. You'll be first to know when I'm dropping a community so we can help you fund your business. All right, now back to the episode. I, okay. I used to believe that the successful entrepreneurs that I saw were all really smart, hard workers. Okay, I used to believe that. And now I realize not everybody that you see is really smart, hard workers. Mm. But actually, some people have great networks. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have built the network first. And then built on black founders. Mm, mm, okay. Well, but then the other thing too, though, it's hard to build a network where you don't have a thing that you're known nope, for. You no. can. You can. Ooh, okay. You so totally can tell build me, network. You don't have to tell me who you met, but tell me when you realized that not all founders were smart and hardworking. Like, wh- who did you meet? Don't tell me who, but like, what was that experience? I don't, I don't think it's one experience. I will say it's like a couple experiences of like meeting founders hearing their stories, then also, like, you you go into a, a room, and if you're, like, I'm very, I'm very detective. I can, like, I can pull, I can put things, and I have really good intuition. Mm-hmm. So you could put things together where you're, like, that announcement 
was not really a legit announcement. That announcement actually was, these people knew each other from this, they worked together on this, and now this is this, and then you realize this is not even, what? Mm. This is not even what you really thought it was. So I think like that's what it is. Getting a couple of those experiences under the belt of seeing that where you're like, wow, it really is just, you still need to work hard, but there are some people out here who you'll realize it's network. Exactly. If you can like, and I say that, I think the lesson from that is like, if you are a hard worker, like, like I feel like I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like, I have to push myself like where I'm like heads down doing, 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 you need to be networking Mm -hmm. and network smart. Don't just pull up to places, but network smart. Yeah. Facts. I was, um, I remember one of my advisors, I was telling her I have a hard time raising money. She's like, Kim, you're not doing what founders who raise money do. She was like, typically founders have, there are two of them. One of them is running the business and the other one is raising the money. And the person who's raising the money, they are on a flight two, three times a week meeting people. And she was like, no offense, you just had your baby. You're at home breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. raising money. And I just remember being like, she's mm-hmm. right. You know, you, you got to be have somebody in your ear to give you that like, Mm-hmm. So crushing advice, you know, but, no. but it was just, it's network. It's network. You're right. It's okay. Network. I hate it, but it's network. That's hope. That's facts. That's all. <laughs> but you can build network even though you don't have it. So I'll say that too. Don't okay. think like, cause I think sometimes people get jaded. Like I don't have, I didn't, I don't, I didn't have network. How do you build network if you don't have it? <sighs> what, what should someone be doing? You go to these events, you sit in the front. <laughs> you were in the you were in the first row and you be strategic of like, as for like what event it is you go to the event I'll tell you like this is like literally what happened like our pathway to our match funders is by one advisor that I met literally at a B a black entrepreneur New York City um event at the Apollo he was on the stage literally mm. on stage I sat in the front and I remember um Jade who is a part of the team too was just like I know you're not in the front I was like yeah we are and we're in the front and then after he was done I just went up and just introduced myself to we kept in contact over like two three years it didn't happen until like two years after like I had the idea of what we were doing and then it like happened where he was working on stuff and it just made sense so I think like the point is like the access you need you can build it even though you don't know it it's just you gotta like be out there so like sit in the front um follow up that's a challenge following up with folks because a lot of people don't follow up so just take advantage of that because you could be the follow-up um don't be annoyed when people don't reply to you um or don't respond to your messaging or don't do whatever it is um be genuine try to give yeah before you ask um try to give something and then I'm always a firm believer there's like that cliche of like ask for advice and then you get money Mm. so like ask for advice you may know the answer but still ask for advice yeah like you don't have to tell people you know the answer like still come in and be like what do you think like and people feel they like to feel like oh I'm helping you like I'm like giving you valuable stuff like do that um and it have a system that's the other part too um the people who I think like have a system where you're like you meet people you're automatically getting their contact information and like have like a series of emails that's going out to them. Like get on a call, like an email, like, can we get on a call? It was so great to meet you. Then have the next email that's like, thank you for talking to me. Mm-hmm. And then like, but the emails still need to feel like it's like one-to-one, but it really isn't one-to-one. Like yeah. try to do that. Um, and keep talking to people. It's going to, it's going to matriculate. Okay. Wonderful. What is a mistake that you did that you wish you could go back and change? There's many. Um, 
I wish that I, so I wanted, we, when we started from Black Founders, like it wasn't just going to be just, well, let's just start this crowdfunding platform rewards base. It was always, my thought was always like, 401ks match, companies match. Like, why can't we match? Like, how do we figure out this match? And I had an advisor during that time um, who was just like, don't focus on that and was very adamant. Like very adamant, like don't, like don't focus on that. Just fo- launch the platform, do what you're doing, like whatever, like don't focus on that. Um, and hindsight, I wish I did focus on that. Mm. Um, to know our timeline, we launched like a couple months before the pandemic. Um, if I had focused on that, I feel like, and hopefully if I was smart enough at that point and I had enough experience, I would have been building relationships with match funders, right? Mm. Because the track, so pandemic happened, George Floyd happened, and then what happened? Everyone had Black Lives Matter dollars. Do I think we, I think if we were better positioned before that, we would be further along. Mm. Um, so I wish I had, like, from day one, followed my intuition as a founder to say, no, like, it's not about the platform. Focus on the match. Mm. Build the match, people. Interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, what is a book that everyone should read? And if you don't read books, you can give me a podcast. But I feel like you um, read. I do read books. Um, I'm trying to think. Everybody's like, there's so many cliche books. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's a bunch of cliche books. Like, yeah, read like the, what, book that the really how many you. laws of power, all that stuff. All these, do you know what? Headway is a great, um, that app that summarizes every book that people will be saying to you, like, you should read. I love that. <laughs> so I would say get that app um, because it's impossible to keep up with all of the, the books. Um, so I'll be very transparent. Like, I'm a Headway person. So some books I do read after Headway and some books I've read before Headway, but Headway is really great. Um, and then I will say I'm more into, like, series. Okay. Um, so Billions. Um, I watch a lot of, don't, don't kill me. I watch a lot of like, so I love billions. I love succession. I love, um, <laughs> queen of the South. I love, cause I think it just gives you a certain, like you see the power dynamics, um, of like how you have to be strategic and thinking of that and all this stuff. And I think that's really helpful for you to know in this. Cause that's literally what it is. Right. Are you a visual learner? Yeah. Okay. Probably that's why. Yeah. So I love things like that. Cause it makes me like, I love that. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, the most money you ever lost on a deal? Um, mm, oh, a um, it's not a deal, but it was like a vendor. Um, okay. I did twenty k for a vendor who was going to do um, PR and marketing mm. for us, and. Um, and was gonna like, I thought this was gonna be like our, like, oh my God, holy grail. Like we were going to be out there. <laughs> like, every, oh, and I'm it sorry. Was not, I'm so sorry. It was not. Yeah. Don't you hate that? You make those, but you make those. They're so good at convincing you that they can get it for you, but then they don't. And then you're like, WTF. That didn't work. Girl. It just did not. It didn't, it didn't on um, translate. Is there a moment that you want to relive? Something that was like, this is amazing. I just want, I would, I can go back to this moment. I would totally live it again. I'll wait. <laughs> I'm like, I'm you ain't like, out of this one. You got the I'm last like, one. I'm like, is there a moment that I would have relived in? I think last year, the whole year was really great. Um, the whole what was so great about the whole the whole year was really good. I love that answer. I feel like the whole year just felt oh pause. No, it wasn't. There were some parts of that that I wouldn't. Um, moment you want to relive? 
We working on this positivity thing with you. Come on, come on. No, you have, I, I'm like, you have great moments. You tell um, me you won pitch competitions. You tell me you had, um, you got your funders. Like you, you. Oh, so here's a great moment. I wouldn't say this is like the. It is a great moment. I'm just. I think what in my mind I'm trying to think like what was the like ultimate ultimate moment. Um, a moment I was at um, UBS. Mm -hmm. um for this like meet the they did this like um they invited a couple of folks a couple of entrepreneurs to come um by way of black innovation alliance you need to meet um kelly by the way i need to connect y'all um <laughs> side note this is what i do um anyway so we had this event at ubs where it was like oh meet some founders black entrepreneurs who are doing all this stuff and like i went in there and I was like, and they had like your own table. Like everybody had their own. It was like only seven founders and everybody had a table, right? And they like told, I think on their end, they like told their UBS folks like, hey, these people are coming. Who do you want to meet, right? So then I'm like sitting there and I'm like, okay, I go into the event and the event is like, it's like mingle part. And I see it, like I know my table and nobody's sitting at my table, right? So mm. no one's there. And I was just like why like why isn't anybody at my table and then now the event like officially starts right and then I sit down at my table and nobody's at my table it's just me and I'm like okay what's going on here so then like the the head of wealth management um is he kicks off the program right he's on this like podium thing and he like talks da 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 whatever it is and then he comes and he like sits down next to me and I was like oh this is your your table <laughs> and then like this other woman who's like the head of their like social impact um and philanthropy thing goes up and talks right and then she comes and sits at my table and then like mm. three other people come into my table and then they made us like go up and like each of the the startups go up and like talk about what we did so I spoke about what I did and then I came back to my table and the head of wealth management turns to me he was like I'm at the right table and I was like you sure are <laughs> like oh, that was like awesome. so that was like an amazing where I definitely was like why is nobody at my table and then I realized no everybody who was supposed to be at my table was at my table it was gratifying yeah it gave me a little chill yeah it was like it was good they knew who they were talking to yeah oh my gosh okay is there anything you want to share with the people or leave the people with and how can we support you Yes, I think that one of the things I think we need to work on is cultivating more funders. Okay. Um, I think that we do, we have a lot of stuff around founders, right? And everyone like how to become a founder, how to become a founder, how to become a founder. And I think everybody needs to realize everyone needs to be a funder right now. Like we all need to like go whatever hands like every all hands on deck you have to whether you're going to become accredited or not whether you're just going to support people's crowdfunding campaigns you're going to do all the different things um and it doesn't just mean like black people it means everybody like mm. we all um need to be doubling down on funding black owned businesses um from a different like all different aspects not just buying from them but being really intentional of like figuring out like looking for them figuring out how do you support them? How do you fund them? How do you get them resources? Um, I think people were more, we're under attack. Like, you know this, like the whole DEI stuff and these lawsuits and everything. Mm. And I think that, Fearless fund and, yeah, yeah, everything that's going on. And I just wish that everyone would figure out, like, we have to be very aggressive. And I think there is, we have to be very aggressive for a couple of reasons. Like the economy is rough. Yeah. Really, really rough right now. So like, um, Something we say in Jamaica is like, if America catches a cold, Jamaica catches a flu. Yeah. And in my opinion, when America has like a bad economy, like 
the black community now. <laughs> like we're we are the flu. Like we're getting yeah. the flu right now. And I think that we have to if you don't want to live in a world where it's just like head and shoulders black (laughs) or like if you don't want to live in just a world like that like we have to think around like how are we like really actively making sure we're continuing to keep our foot on the like progress of making sure like everybody has an equitable chance to start businesses help grow our economy and things of that sort so what does that look like for you maybe you have to like go the extra mile to find that business reach out to them ask them what else do they need share it with your friends um look for the crowdfunding campaigns look for all these different things like i think we have to double down on that um there's a lot of like founder education and we need like we need more like i want to see like I want like the invest fest of like funders, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where everybody realizes you can do it too, or like the mm. that's what I want to see. I love that we need more found. We need more funders, funders. and not necessarily we don't need more founders, but we need funders more we than we funders. need founders. Yes, mm. we need a lot that's more deep. funders. That's deep. Renee, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can everybody find you? Uh, Fun Black Founders. Um, you can find us on all the socials as Fun Black Founders. You can find me, I'm the Renee King. You can go on our website, funblackfounders.com, all that stuff. Thank you for coming on the pod. This is amazing. You guys check out Fun Black Founders. You might be a founder or you might be a funder. Hopefully you're both. And I will see you guys on the next episode of the More Rounds podcast. (laughs) 